0: Hello, hello and welcome to an experimental short extra podcast from Something Who, and uh, welcome back to Simon. Hello Richard, nice to catch up with you again. Yeah, yeah, and you. First up, thanks to those of you who've taken our listener survey, Um, there's there's still time for you you to contribute, and it, it really doesn't take very long. Please follow the link in the notes that came attached to this podcast when you downloaded it, and it'll probably take a couple of minutes, no more. But, you know, what you've what you've sent through so far has been very interesting, and I think it, it'll it help us to, you know, as we're planning the podcast, to think about, you know, what you do and don't like. So thanks again. Also, there's a new way that you can help to support us. So if you go to the, the following link, and again, it'll be in the notes attached to this, it's ratethispodcast.com forward slash uh, something who, something who all one word and the idea behind that is you, it quickly takes you to a site you can rate us and then it'll help other people to find us and that'll be great so so please do that again it won't take very long okay so simon what did you think of orphan 55 well last time
1: i was speaking i was i was lavishing the new series with high praise it, it was some yeah. real high points from in the last one yeah. this one unfortunately was a bit of a bit of a letdown. There were some promising ideas, but the way in which it was it was delivered very very disappointing. So uh, we had some great special effects for the Dregs. They were they were highly mm. impressive, but honestly, a lot of it looked just like an underground car park in some <laughs> inner city suburb somewhere. Um, mm. Each week we say that the cast don't get enough to do. So Ryan was pretty much the star of the show, and yeah. Big letdown, unfortunately. Ryan fluffed his lines. He just he just comes across as a bit bit unlovable and plodding, unfortunately. Mm. So let himself down there, unfortunately. Ryan Yaz again, she was good, but bit in the background too much. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen this episode absolutely taken apart online and in the reviews. Whilst I don't think. It was the worst ever episode of Doctor Who, like some people are saying, it it wasn't that bad either. So I think the bar was set very high for the opening two shows of yep. the series. They were they were excellent, but this one, no, it was a bit of a letdown. It went round and round in circles and there was that unnecessary trip out into the wasteland to get Benny back. And they got all yeah. the way out there to get him and what did they do? They <laughs> shot him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what you thought, Richard. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a game of two halves, as far as I was concerned. Like you say, after after those two episodes of Spyfall, and then the first half of this one, I was really, you know, quite positive and excited about Doctor Who. I thought, you know, Chippers has, has got everything under control, and uh, you know, I like the the new direction. We've we've got base under siege. There's there's tension building quite nicely. You know, there's 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 a a, a monster that's you know threatening and believable and yeah you know i thought okay this is this this is going okay and then unfortunately the second half you know i i couldn't i couldn't like at all i mean as you say there's 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 the pointless let's go outside so we can get stranded there's the kind of convenient oh look there's a long tunnel that gets us back although it does go straight through the middle of another threat um it, it you know it, there was terrible science. I mean, I just didn't believe that that a species can evolve from being air breathing to being carbon dioxide breathing. You know, characters were, as you say, were killed off, and then I take exception to be being hit over the head about three or four times with a simple message i mean i i appreciate what they're trying to say in terms of the environmental message and i got that from the story but then being whacked over the head with it right at the end again i i I thought that's a bit much as well so yeah uh, you know i i I don't think it's the worst thing ever but i uh, uh, try as i might and try as i did to love it i couldn't no there was there was a double whammy as well i mean there was the whole parenting
1: theme running all the way through (laughs) it as well yes and Graham Graham's been a bit of a star of the show all the way through. he sort of held it all together, but yeah he he again he just he just didn't really get involved. he was a bit useless really, wasn't he all the way through it. He won them that fantastic prize with his galactic <laughs> galactic coupons yes. or whatever they were, and then he he just didn't get involved really. He just mm. kept protesting he was a
0: bus driver and didn't know what was going on. So that was a you know, disappointing Graham episode as well. He just wanted to sit down, didn't he? Take his take the, the weight off his feet and have a bit of uh, a bit of fun. It didn't didn't work out for him. And yeah, I I, I agree with the whole parenting thing. I mean, it it, it was ludicrous. I think that the two of could be reconciled in the last frame, having been so thoroughly at odds all the way through it. That you know, the, the, again, there was no real believable move towards reconciliation there. So, so yeah. Anyway what i didn't want to do was spend a long time uh, with you carping uh yeah we, we, we kind of agreed beforehand that that wasn't going to go very far so so what we are going to do instead is to say well you know this episode showed us the end of the world uh, but it's not the first time that the world's ended in doctor who so we thought we'd work our way through all the different ones we could remember across a series
1: that works for me having 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 sort of sat through that episode and i and i watched it twice because i couldn't believe how bad the online reviews are i think we need to do this whole earth devastation justice you know in the true style of your um gallifrey review in the last podcast
0: richard yeah i can't guarantee to be quite as fluent or quite as quick on this one but uh but you know let, let's go so so uh, how i frame this one is in. Well it's in chronological order as far as the series is concerned it's, it's very far from being chronological as far as the Earth is concerned although I suppose when you come to the end of the Earth it's, it's relative I suppose as to, as to what the chronology is but I, the first one I could think of in the series was the Ark which uh, which is set in the 57th segment of time but apparently the Earth is dying and they have to disappear off what do you, what do you make of the Ark Simon? That's the, that's the one with the aliens
1: with the Beatles haircuts isn't it?
0: Yeah indeed, yeah yeah Very susceptible to the common cold. Yeah, yeah, well, the the humans are, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Stephen just about finishes everybody off, doesn't
1: he? That, again, a bit familiar, isn't it? It started off promisingly and then fizzled out. I mean, the Monoids monoids are quite impressive
0: aliens until you looked Mm. at their their feet and you looked a bit further down. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose you're right. Um, okay, so then we've got the 10th planet, well, so that's not the end of the Earth, but it's the end of an Earth, so so Mondas comes back, it's sort of like the Earth upside down.
1: Oh, yeah, I won't hear a bad word about that story, that's oh, that's just fantastic, with the Cybermen coming out of the snow, and even though they've got those ridiculous, it's hard to describe really, they, they're like mm. George Foreman grills on their chests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, that's a, that's a that's a fantastic
0: story. Yeah, in fact, you get two ends of of Mondas actually, because you get you get the thing that causes the Cybermen in the first place, because it drifts away and gets too cold, and they've got to do something, and then it comes back and it and it uh, it melts or something because it's got too much energy from the Earth. It's it, it's uh, I think never quite clear how it drains the energy from the Earth or what happens to cause it to overheat, but uh, but yeah, no,
1: that's a very very I I think that's that's still one of the cleverer. Stories, also thoroughly ruthless. The way it dealt with the astronauts as well. I'd not mm. seen that in Doctor Who. Pre- I mean, there's a few, few grisly historicals, but um, that's the, the first time I, you you really saw how ruthless the Cybermen were, and also the script mm. writers as well.
0: Yeah, I remember reading the target of that and thinking, "Gosh, that's it." You know, they've they they can't escape from the gravitational pull of the sun. It's going to take them a while to he- to to get there. But um, but that's that. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a shocker. The next one I've thought of is so I, I couldn't think of the Earth ending in in the Trouton era, but in in the Silurians we've got what what's almost the end of the Earth. Uh, the Silurians think the Earth's going to end because they see um, a planet approaching.
1: Again, that's a fantastic target novelisation. The description there of the Silurians taking cover and the, and the hairy monkey men yeah, scuttling yeah. about on the Earth. I always liked that image. That was that was that was good as well.
0: Yes, the actual description in the in the um, the episode itself is a bit um, thinner than that, but uh, they sort of say we calculated that it would draw off all our atmosphere and destroy life, and the Doctor points out that uh, it became the Moon and it, it never happened. And then in the same series, same yeah, the same year, we've got Inferno, which again isn't actually the Earth, but it's but it's might, it might as well be the Earth. Again, that that managed to get. good story across without being too preachy
1: as well didn't it Mm. that was a good you know the doctor struggling with his with his TARDIS and getting bumped off into a parallel parallel earth Mm. and he could see the future there what would happen if um if man went too far with with the drilling and everything I thought the primords in that as well were excellent as well that's one of my earliest memories of Doctor Who oh right a primord running around on my uncle I I was watching it with my uncles and aunts. I would have been very small, and they ushered me out of the room because it was too scary. <laughs> but I remember the primal chasing Pertwee around the top of that gas tower or whatever it was hmm. at the at the drilling site. So uh, yep, happy days. <laughs> Even though the Earth was under threat, course
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, you can't you can't have Doctor Who without the Earth under threat. So <laughs> they go hand in hand, really, don't they? <laughs> And then, so this is this is one of my uh, early memories, um, the Ark in Space and then the Santaran experiment. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, again, this is this is the Earth having been abandoned due to solar flares.
1: And that was where the, the South African astronauts or the mercenaries landed yes. and fell foul of, what was it, Commander Steyer? Steyer,
0: that was it. Field Marshal Steyer, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. I think you've got him. So so to, I guess you've got two things there you've as you say you've got the you've got the, the half of the population going up into the ark or, or a small part part of the population going up into the ark and being suspended in animation to go back and repopulate the earth and then you've got another tranche of them disappearing off into the stars and then they come back to uh, to to see what's going on and and when, when I suppose when the the people in the ark haven't woken up so you've got you've got two populations returning uh, I guess the it says that the Earth's been unha- uninhabited for 10,000 years at that point, so it's, it's quite a long way in the future. Um, we might come to, to, to quite where we think um, Orphan 55 sits in all of this, if, if, if indeed it does. And then the following year, we've got Pyramids of Mars and Sutek.: um,
1: and That answered the age-old dad quest- question, doesn't it, when he looks up from his newspaper and says, well, if they don't like it there, why don't they just clear off in the TARDIS?
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so in 1980 the earth was a a desolate planet circling a dead sun according to uh, the fourth doctor because sutek had been allowed to run riot so and that was in what just about 60 odd years so uh so he's possibly even worse than the um than the uh rampaging greenhouse effect so so you know do, do, certainly don't uh don't allow sutek loose there's a there's a throwaway in the Sun Makers I mean I I uh, I was sort of chewing over a bunch of things and and I I noticed that at some point in the Sun Makers they say that there was a dying human population that was relocated to Mars It doesn't really explain I suppose whether it's the the earth itself that's dying or just that there's some problem with the humans Um, any particular memories of the Sun Makers just at the time watching
1: it as a kid it, it seemed a little bit dull without monsters but mm. actually as a grown up looking back it, that's a very very cl- another very clever story and actually mm. very very enjoyable and a little mm. dig at I think a little dig at the inland revenue and, and the taxation system as well yeah, yeah. which we all know and love as grown ups as well so yeah. Another good, another good story there. None of this is helping to show Orphan fifty-five in a good light, unfortunately, Richard. No. Well, it's interesting,
0: <laughs> interesting actually, that we've got we've got four consecutive doses of Robert Holmes here. You know, you've got Ark in Space, Pyramids of Mars, Sunmakers, and we're about to talk about Mysterious Planet. What did what did Robert Holmes have uh, have it <laughs> in for the Earth for? I wonder. <laughs> so yeah, Mysterious Planet. I don't, I can't honestly say that I really remember the Mysterious Planet all that well, and I haven't got around to opening my. Um, season 23 box set yet I mean do you have any any particular strong memories of Mysterious stuffve
1: I've got to confess that I that was when I went away to university
0: and this was one of the ones I missed <laughs> yeah I was I was at university as well actually so I think my parents videoed it for me so I did see it and I remember that I remember the reveal of the um of the, the the tube station but yeah I mean apparently according to to what I've read online Earth's relocated by two light years uh, uh, two million years in the future by the time lords but i mean it's 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 one of those things in the trial of the time lords season where it feels like they've had a bit too much time to to write it and they've sort of overwritten it and, and it's i don't know i mean why would anyone have to move the earth to like it, it, it seems a bit overcomplicated to me
1: mm. we should point out to younger listeners as well that if you missed doctor who on a Saturday, that was it it was gone no <laughs> no skyboxes um yeah, yeah. one or two videotapes around yeah no dvds
0: and vhs launches were a little while away yeah yeah, yeah that's very true so then curse of fenric sort of hints at a, a f- alternate future for the earth where the Hemovores come from do you remember curse of Fenric? where well, you did 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 you get back from um, university in time to watch I that
1: managed to, I managed to catch that one and watch that several times on DVD so that's another that's another good one mm. actually a strong Ace and Sylvester McCoy story as well which unfortunately are a bit few and far between <laughs> for my mm. taste but that was one of the better ones I think
0: yeah, I mean, I remember watching this one at university. I had a, I had a friend who recorded the episodes. He, he he got his own TV and video at university, which was pretty pretty unusual. Uh, and and he was a Doctor Who fan. So so I used to pop around and, and watch them. And I remember watching this one, the ep- the first episode of Curse of Fenric, and thinking, "Oh gosh, Doctor Who's proper again. This this is sort of like I remember it." Uh, and yeah, so 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 they, the the Hemovores are a sort of they're, they're what's happened I mean they they are uh, um, an antecedent of the aliens in, in Orphan 55 in that they are what's happened when the Earth's gone horribly wrong but then I think at the end of the episode they avert the future Earth so they've never happened in the first place so they, they kind of wipe this, the, the slate clean on that so um, but yes that's another alternate um, possibility a chemical slime apparently Rather than runaway greenhouse effect.
1: Yeah, I always like to see Doctor Who stories with um soldiers in them as well. That's always a good sign of a good story, I think. <laughs> Monsters yeah, yeah. versus
0: soldiers. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, yeah. It was um very pacey as well, I remember that that first episode. Lots of scenes in it, lots of cuts. And then moving through to the new series, we've got the appropriately titled End of the World, the, the actual destruction of the Earth in a Fireball. Uh, mem- memories of that one. Just waiting for so
1: long for Doctor Who to come back on the the screens again, and yeah. Chris Eccleston being a revelation, and Rose as well, and that was just a tremendous. You know, it became going in the TARDIS became a real thrill trip as well once again, mm. and um, just there were just so many different aliens they encountered in that story. I, I, again, that's that's one of the newer ones I can watch over and over again. I I thought mm. that was. That was wonderful. Mm. It was such a, you know, Eccleston's time in the TARDIS. It's just such a fleeting visit, mm. and uh, I I thought he was fantastic. He's he's my favourite of all the new Doctors.
0: Mm. I like the the um, the last um, scene of that where they come back to Earth and they uh, have a munch a, a bag of chips and talk about the reality of being back on Earth after having seen it destroyed in the future. It's quite a nice as my English teacher would have said, juxtaposition that. It
1: did. It, it I guess it's because with the the classic Who we're always looking back at the, all the time at the old episodes. But I, I thought that was clever Russell T Davis. He gave it a real contemporary feel mm. again, as if you were back in the sixties watching it being broadcast for the mm. first time. You, you, it felt contemporary with the with Susan and the two teachers. And yeah. again, the casting arose, I thought that was very clever and having a very urban sort of feel to it.
0: Hmm. so yeah. that was that was that was you know back on our screens with a bang sure so i'm going to move to the moffat era now and the beast below and this this, this so the beast below sort of hints at a similar story to Ark in space i mean solar flares are again mentioned i'm not entirely clear if it's supposed to be contemporary or well well not because of course arcan space is at the end but whether this is the this is the same solar flares and it's this is the same outflow that leads to the south africans coming back to the earth or whether this is another set of solar flares i don't know if you've pondered that or perhaps
1: it was the eco-friendly all the eco warriors on on board their whale ship escaping the earth as an alternative to, to, to to all the
0: people on the ark I found the beast below a bit kind of hard to swallow. I mean there were there were lots of impossible concepts. I mean it, it 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 sort of sounded nice in theory, but there, but it didn't kind of gel all that well as a story. But yeah, I I I think it's a nice nod back to to earlier times. Which brings us I guess then finally to to this one. So I suppose, you know, again contemporary uh, environmental concerns and and uh, fires in Australia you know very much a, a, a global warming's a, th- a concern of our time i mean n- not that it wasn't many years ago but but uh, particularly brought to the front of our minds right now so so yeah so, so 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 i think i think the the theme smart enough just the execution you know not quite so brilliant
1: no and, and like you said the unsettled message that, you know this is all your this is all you're doing this is all your thought rather than it being a some sort of alien threat or... I mean, you can't really blame humans for, for solar flares. The running theme through all those stories we've run through, Richard, is, is the influence of solar flares, but mm. um, it, it was... You were left in no doubt that this was all our fault, wasn't it? Yeah. The dregs. The dregs and the future
0: as well. Sure, and clearly uh, there are things that, that that humanity could do to to resolve this problem, but you know laying it on to six-year-olds on um, Sunday just before you go to bed is perhaps a bit much but you know who knows May- maybe uh the the eco warriors of the future have been uh, have been formed by watching this earlier in the week and uh, and-, and we'll see a resurgence of interest and and and, um, and the world will change as a result
1: perhaps I-, I think most kids are very switched on unfortunately to to global warming and, and the threat and it's it's you know, it's more grown-ups and adults who laugh at Greta Thunberg and the like that need the wake-up call. Hmm.
0: OK, well, look, that's that's our um, whistle-stop race through ends of the Earth. I'm not sure that we we, we, we quite know where to place Orphan 55, whether whether it, it sort of fits into that chronology or whether it's um, an alternate one. I mean, the, the Doctor did talk about there being alternate futures, and it feels that, that Runaway Greenhouse doesn't really fit in with... You know the things we've seen, like the ice age in in the Ice Warriors, or or the solar flares in a lot of these stories. Um, so, so I think we perhaps see it as an alternate timeline that maybe um, the viewers who are watching this can uh, can avert. Yeah. So, so this is an experiment, doing a a shorter one of these podcasts. We'll see how you liked it and and, and whether it's something we want to do in the future. But thanks for listening and for tuning in. And we'll be back with a, a full episode of something who very shortly, um, again, we'll be looking at one of the new series episodes and, and an older one. Yeah, so,
1: solar flares permitting, of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so thanks, Simon. Thanks for joining me for, for this. It's uh, It's been great to have a chat.
1: No worries. Good to catch up with you, Richard. Yeah. yeah. Bye, everybody. Ta-ra. Be-